verses 1 through 4. Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Um, just really briefly, three things that I want to point out about baptism before we hear uh, from our uh, people who are getting baptized today. Uh, one, baptism is important, and we, we practice baptism because essentially it's a command that Jesus gave to his church, right? Uh, we read this earlier, Matthew chapter 28, the last command, last mandate that Jesus gave to the church was to make disciples and he said, baptize, baptize them and teach them to obey all things that I've commanded you. And so making disciples, part of making disciples is baptizing people. And our church, Great Commission Community Church, we get our name from Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. And so at Great Commission Community Church, the way that we know that we're living out our name and we're about God's mission is to it's when we baptize people. So when we baptize today, people today, it reminds us that we are on the right track. Right? We're actually doing the things that God's called us to do. And so baptism is really important, number one, because it's a command from our Lord, our King Jesus. So we want to continue to do that. And our pastors, uh, we talk about this all the time. We would love to have more and more people get baptized because that means we will know more and more that we are doing what God's called us to do. Okay, number one, so it's commanded by Jesus. Number two, baptism symbolizes um, so, uh, spiritual reality. A lot of times, well, kids, adults, a lot of times the things that God's doing in your life, uh, it, you can't really see clearly or tangibly, concretely. Well, baptism reminds us or shows us what's like, taking place inside. So um, it's like when a uh, husband and wife, when they, you know, or man and woman, when they get married, you know, they make a vow, right? And I've done many, many, many weddings, and usually something like this. The husband comes, walks in first, and then the bride walks in, and the, the groom looks at the bride, and uh, he's, his heart's pounding. Uh, he's, he's almost like in tears, and they make a vow to one another. And it goes something like this. They look at each other, and they say, I take you. I say, you know, I um, okay, Steve, I'll, just, I'll still take you, Suj, Sujin, Suj, uh, as my beautiful wedded wife. Uh, and before God and all these witnesses, I promise to be a faithful and loving husband in times of want, times of plenty, both sorrow and joy and sickness and health. And then we say, uh, until we, death do us apart. And then what happens next is we, we exchange rings. And so ring, the, the ring that we put on, is a sign of the commitment that we made internally. And so baptism kind of is like that. Baptism shows us what actually took place inside. It signifies spiritual realities that's often hard to quantify and see. So baptism says, something has changed in my life. Okay, number three. So what, what actually changed? Like what took place in your life that baptism shows? So that's when um, we'll read Romans chapter 6, really briefly. Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. So this is the spiritual reality that took place, that, that's symbolized by baptism. Romans 6, 1. 
the Apostle Paul writes, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? So basically Paul is saying in chapter 5, we've been saved by grace. And so the question that he thinks some people might say is, well then, can I just keep on sinning? And Paul says, by no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? So here's something that's really important. He's saying he's assuming that those who've trusted in Christ have died to sin. That's what he's assuming. Chapter verse 3. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. So here's the first reality that baptism shows us. We have died with Christ. What does that mean? Well, it means basically your old self, your old life, the person who always wanted to have it your way, or person who was always mean to people, who got angry all the time, who hated other people, like that person died. Like you have been, you have been put to death with Christ. And Paul later says, you are no longer a slave to sin. That person, your old self, have died. So that's first reality. So when you, when you go under the water today, for some of us, under the water, it signifies that you've been buried. You've been put to death. Okay, and then verse, um, let's continue, just the last part there. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. The second reality is when we come out of the water, we have received new life in Christ. So baptism tells us that our old self, we've been, we've been crucified, we've died. We've, been, we've died to sin, and we've been raised to walk in the newness of life. Can I get an amen there, anyone? It's a be- that's a beautiful thing. Now, I'm, I'm almost done. Um, so the question then is, well, then if that's the case, why do I keep on sinning? Now, this is a whole other sermon or sermons, so I'm not, so not going to talk about that. But I do want to read what Paul says at the end, verses 11 through 14. He says, So... You also must consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey his passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law but under grace. If I could summarize what Paul is saying, he's saying, choose daily to be who you are. You are alive to God and dead to sin. Choose daily to be who you are. God's people, you are alive in Christ, and you have been, you've been put to death to sin. All right, I, I, I feel like I could keep going, but I'm going to stop there, all right? Um, so we're going to hear from two adults and three kids today 
um, so proud of them. And so we're going to have, we'll have, um, let's see, how about can we have Brittany come and share? And then Juliet will come and share, and then we'll actually have a video of our three kids. So, and you know, as they come up, maybe we could just encourage them and, yeah. I'm getting to know Brittany because she's also going to Cambodia with me. Woo! Hi, I'm Brittany. Happy Mother's Day. Okay, I'll read my testimony. It's kind of long. Sorry, I should have been prepared. One second. Oh, can you hear me now? Oh, there you go. Okay. Um, I can't find it, so I'll wing it. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I'm being baptized again because I was baptized when I was six years old, and I didn't really understand uh, what it meant then. I understood that Jesus, or that God forgave us of our sins and that Jesus had something to do with it, but I didn't really understand uh, sin, the gravity of sin. I knew the difference between right and wrong. Um, I knew that uh, on Holy communion Sunday we drank the blood of Christ and we ate uh, the bread to symbolize his body but again I didn't know what that meant so as I got older I moved to a different town which meant that I moved churches and my family and I church hopped for a few years or for a little while but we didn't really find a solid church so we fell out of the church um, Years later, I went to study abroad in Costa Rica, and there was a student there who said that she read her Bible on a daily basis just because she wanted to know the word when she died. And that sat with me for some reason. I, I could have just listened to it and gone on with my day, but for whatever reason, it sat with me. And I began to read my Bible since then on a daily basis. Not fully, not full chapters, just verses here and there. And I had no community, so I didn't really know how to interpret. I was trying to do it on my own. And uh, that was my junior year. In the very next semester, I uh, signed up for a Bible interpretation class because for whatever reason, I needed to know the Bible just because she mentioned it. And I never, like, it, I, I grew up Christian, so I thought I should know the Bible. And uh, since then, I was reading my Bible by myself, and I tried to find a church in my college town, and that did not fully realize. I didn't find a church, and I fell out of church again. Um, when I was about 25, again, the Holy Spirit began to poke me. I felt convicted about things. I wanted to change my ways, which, of course, we can't do on our own. And... Uh, I began to try to find a church again on my own. And I was actually even traveling two hours from downstate New York to New York City to the church that I grew up in just because I felt like I needed to be in church. But that was not sustainable, so again, I fell out. But at 26, I moved from downstate New York to Queens, New York, where I'm from, by the way, <laughs> um, New York City. And um, I found a Grace Baptist Church, was which is a very Bible-focused church, and they taught me a lot there. Um, I had accountability, and I had people to speak to and to witness to me and to minister to me and to 
um, helped me understand the Bible. Um, I had small groups, which I'd never had before. So I had older women in the church uh, speaking to me about their experiences, about uh, my pastor, about how to interpret the word. I wasn't doing it on my own. Um, and I, it was then when I began to read the Bible deeply. And it was then when um, I understood what sin was. Um, it wasn't just bad things. It was an offense against God, which I'd never understood before then. And that was six years ago. I never understood that I offended God, that I did something against him. If I lied to someone else, it was a lie towards him. It was an offense against him. And that convicted me deeply. And it was then that um, I repented for my sins. I understood how much I under I deserved death and how I earned death. And I understood the gravity of sin um, and the gravity of God's wrath, which I never understood before. Um, I thought of it always as just punishments. If I sinned against God, I'd be punished. I never thought of it as you could be eternally separated from God. So I repented then when I was 26 years old. That was six years ago. And I out loud asked Jesus to be my savior and I want to consecrate that time when I was, when I understood what sin was and when I for, uh, repented for my sins, understanding what they were, and asked God to be, or Jesus to be my savior. I want to consecrate that time with a new baptism. And that's why I'm being baptized now. Hi everyone, I'm Juliette Hahn. Um, I'm so excited to be standing here today to share my story and to recommit my faith publicly. Uh, I grew up Catholic for most of my childhood and younger teenage years. I was baptized in elementary school and confirmed in my Catholic faith in high school. And I grew up going to church and although there was a social aspect to church back then, I grew up knowing um, and believing that God loves me and that Jesus had died for me. And when I went to college, my sense of community in this aspect was lost and my commitment and faith to God dwindled significantly. I went to a Jesuit college, but no one that I became close with was very religious um, or at least drew me close enough to seek out God on my own. There were so many times that I did feel God calling out to me, but I did not follow uh, through and close and not and chose not to seek him out during my time in college or after during law school. And in fact, I felt that I was met with constant seeds of doubt um, and challenges during that time. Thankfully, and as fate would have it, I met my husband uh, not too long after starting law school. And he pretty much became my only source of guidance whenever I wanted to talk about God. I did not expect to cry, okay. Um, I openly asked him questions that I had, but never had a chance to fully delve into during high school or college. And once we grew serious, I recommitted my faith privately. And that felt really good because I felt 
I finally felt that I had a sense of security and I felt like I was finally answering and responding to God's calls for me to come back. We both knew that we wanted to be a part of a Christian community in this area, so we started looking and fortunately came across GCCC. And we got to know the people here and are so thankful for the invaluable friendships we've made through small groups, marriage classes, and parenthood. And most importantly, it was through Christ. After getting married and especially after becoming a mother, I have tried to stay committed and instill in my children values that we uphold as a family. And when this opportunity to either get baptized or recommit my faith came up, um, I felt a calling to do this. Even in the midst of one of my busiest seasons at work, life with two young kids and a pandemic. Almost every weekend was planned uh, these past couple of months somehow, but surely enough, there was an opening to make this work and God gave me no excuses. I give thanks to him every day for being there for me, even when I was not, and it is my honor to publicly recommit my faith in him. I know that, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not done. I'm almost done. <laughs> and now I lost my place, but um, I know that God never left me, and I wanna serve an example to my brothers and sisters, as well as my children, that we are never left alone, even when it may feel like it, and even when you think you made a choice to be left alone. Ephesians, which is the book we studied most during the course of our short baptism and recommitment class says, in chapter six, verses 10 through 17, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with a belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And in addition to this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I stand here today wearing my armor of God and my shield of faith. I am forever humbled by his everlasting and steadfast love and will do my best to serve him always.